Hey everyone, thank you for joining me on another episode of my Cancer Story Podcast. My name is Jess Nelson and I am your host. Today guys, you're going to meet Lauren. And oh my God, this episode has everything. You are just going to love meeting her. And I don't even know how it happened, but our conversation ended up to be probably about two plus hours long. So this episode is longer, so I'm not going to get dive too deep into this intro, but you guys, this two hours is worth the listen. Lauren is a spitfire. She has the best attitude ever and so many great stories and so many great pieces of advice for you out there. So please stay and listen to the whole thing. This is totally worth it. I really hope you guys enjoy. Without further ado, please meet Lauren. Um, I know you're here to interview me mm-hmm. and I get so excited when I'm on other people's podcasts because yeah. it's like literally I could take off my pants. Like I'm not, Woo. I don't have work to do. Like I'm not like, oh, let's keep this You moving. don't have to do like, the work. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no work. Well, I do have a question for yeah. you. What was your cancer? When was it like, because we're best mm. friends now. Obviously. And I just want to make sure I have like the, like my, uh, like all my information, my baseline. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's great. Together. It's funny that you say that though, about being on somebody else's podcast. I just did an interview, I think two weeks ago, a week ago on we have cancer podcast. And it was so nice. I didn't have to like prepare. I just kind of sat back and he asked me the questions. It's pretty much the best. So yeah. I totally get it. And it's, you know, that's the dream. Um, for, for me, I actually had, um, I was diagnosed, uh, January of last year of 2020 with thyroid cancer. So just the uh, papillary most common type of, um, thyroid cancer. And luckily my, my process was really quick. So, um, it was growing for probably, they think about like five, six, seven years and they didn't find it until November of 2019. And it was huge. Like, I just thought it was always there. You know, like you just kind of get used to things about your body. You're like, Oh, it's always supposed to be there, whatever. And my doctor found it and it was just very, very quick. I went and I got the ultrasound. It looked ugly. They did the biopsy, definitely cancer. We scheduled surgery and they took that fucker out. So, um, I was very lucky in the sense of it didn't travel to my lymph nodes or anywhere else in my body. So I think they only found it in like five, five lymph nodes surrounding the thyroid. So that makes sense. And, um, my, my blood work has been really good since. So like the tumor marker has been super low since then. And I just feel incredibly lucky to have had a fairly, uh, quick process, um, quick, uh, uh, I don't, I don't even want to say battle, but anyway, um, the thing that inspired me about making this podcast, I was just like, I was lucky enough to have found cancer, the the cancer quickly and be able to recover from it very quickly. But I know so many people out there, you know, you know, everybody who's been affected by cancer. And at that time, I really didn't know of any podcasts that had kind of like a cancer topic. I know it's not sexy, but I just wanted to be able to share other people's stories just because, you know, like not everybody has the opportunity to get that out there to help promote their cause, what they've made of it, um, any projects that they've done since then and in what they've learned. And I just think it's truly amazing what I've learned from people uh, that yeah. I've interviewed, whether I knew them or I didn't know them. It's just the, the cancer community. And I've said this once in a million times, the cancer community is 
flipping awesome. And it's just incredible. The people that you meet and how warm and welcoming everybody is. It doesn't matter what kind of cancer you have. Yeah. Or had. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Okay. Does it piss you off? Yes. <laughs> when people say that that's the good cancer. The good cancer. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I just learned that it it can't be staged, right? No. So they like, stage it based off of your age. So I had type okay. two. So it doesn't mean like it had progressed. Like yours is stage four. And uh, no, stage two. Sorry. Stage two. Yeah. Two I was like, AC. damn, bitch. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to escalate you. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> my heart just dropped out of my I'm whole I'm sorry. Ass. Like, I, 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 I have. Dead. I had another page in front of me and it said like it was a different one. Um, I'm oh so my sorry. Good, God. I'm, I'm so sweating <laughs> everywhere. I was like, who is stage four? No, I'm you're... supposed to have surgery. No, in you're fine. Two you're, days. You're good. you're good. You're good. I'm sorry. Holy oh. shit. Hold We're on. A shot. Let's Hold go. Hold on. <laughs> I, no, I need a napkin for my pit. Hold on. I just did too. Oh through ke- through anyway. chemo, I honestly have never even sweat through my pits. And this is the first. I'm, I'm so sorry. Good to know they still work. Yeah. But, oh. There you go. Wave them out. Hey. Um, no. So yeah, they hey, just do it based four. off of age as opposed to like how far it's progressed. So they, they gave me stage two. Um, they, based off of my blood work, there's no instance of it coming back. But yeah, it does. Um, it's irritating when people say that. Um, I, I would prefer them to say like it's a very survivable cancer as opposed to the easy cancer. Um, and I've caught myself saying it too with the air quotes and kind of belittling it. And there's so many people that I've spoken with on this as well as my friends who have had cancer. They're like... <laughs> stop that. Like, don't say that. Don't say that's easy cancer. Just because everybody else is saying that you still affected by it. Like there's something about your body that rebelled against you. It was trying to multiply and it was trying to kill you. doesn't matter if it's easy cancer or not. So, and you're constantly affected by it for the rest of your life, whether it's the fear of any ache or pain or, or lump or nodule that you find yeah. is it cancer. Like, so it's, yeah, yes, it does bother me. <laughs> so, did you have chemo or anything? Like no, when you I was have lucky thyroid that, cancer, they uh-huh. take it out. They take it out. They make sure it didn't touch anything else. Uh, and done, done. So yeah, I I didn't have to have chemo. Some people like if um if the I think is if the thyroid globulin levels that's the tumor marker. If it's too high, you have to do the radioactive iodine. So you swallow that pill. Um, I was lucky enough not to have to do it because they scooped out the whole thing. So I hope you don't okay. get queasy. So this, no. yeah, there we go. That's the tumor on my thyroid. And this did you put that on, um, on my social media? Yeah. Did you keep it? Um, I wanted to, but I think they had to send it in for testing. They probably just got rid of it. So I asked for a photo. So that was the closest I got to it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. Stop asking me questions. Okay. It's yeah. time to learn about you. So thank you Ask again for being here. Anything. I'm Literally, so excited. I will probably tell you about my birth and we're not here for that. We like can, it's, we can it was do super aggressive. It took three days. <laughs> um, <laughs> I refuse to have a uh, C-section, um, but I think like even just that little blip of information mm-hmm. um, really kind of explains the person I am. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents, and I don't know how many African-Americans you have on. Um, I'm trying to expand it. Um, I've had a 
couple, maybe two, but I'm trying to expand, like to make it like have more men. I have mostly women on here. So I'm just trying to make yeah. it, it, you know, for anybody that can identify with somebody. So it's like, I'm trying to like all ages, races, uh, genders, I- identifications. So yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to. So, um, I'll tell you just a little bit about, <laughs> I'm going to speak for the whole African-American <laughs> Because we have meetings and I'm the spokesperson. No. Um, But um, a lot of people are raised not to cause a disturbance, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of African-American children don't be the loud one. Don't be the bad one. Don't be. Don't be. And, you know, on my podcast, um, I kind of like, you know, how you're just on like a stream of consciousness and you're just like talking Mm -hmm. and then you actually get to a point because like, I really have the brain mappings of like ADHD. So (laughs) then like, I'll just like talk, 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 talk. And then I really will circle back around to Uh my point. And so, um, one of the things that I was like exploring was like, like my, um, my, me and my mom's relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had started with like my great grandparents, right? Like they were, like in the depression, right? Mm-hmm. My grandma was born in the depression. Mm-hmm. My mom is a baby boomer. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I literally am like 18 months away from not being a shitty millennial. And no, then, you're not. The millennials are like 81, 1981. So I'm in there too. We're elder millennials. So it's yeah, <laughs> like we're normal, <laughs> but just like accidentally in that room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like you married just into like insane clown posse or some shit. Um, so yeah, like, uh, yeah, I'm 85. So, um, so yeah, right. Like, so when you have, like, when you go through a depression, like you don't have this extra energy, like literally like the uh, economic depression, you don't have mm. extra energy to come home and be like, hi kids. How are you? How mm. was your day? I love you. I hope you have a fantastic one. What are your dreams? You can be whatever you want to be. And then you've got, you know, um, like my great grandmother, like my grandmother mm. and, you know, things are a little better for them and Mm I uh, and I'm a true believer that like things skip a generation so um you know like our parents are baby boomers Mm -hmm. and they were raised by people who literally stood in line for bread and like Mm -hmm. things like that and so um that that just really goes along with like the whole black culture because Mm -hmm. During this whole depression and things like that, black people were like gaining rights. But mm-hmm. black people um, have a have a really big distrust, um, and it is uh, for a very good cause. Mm-hmm. But I. I, my interpretation, my experience early on, because this bitch fixed it, but I did not have a great relationship like with my doctors. And when I say that, like the black community has been experimented on, like we're talking Tuskegee experiments, mm-hmm. we're talking, um, and underfunded and under, 
um, represented communities and things like that. And like, look at Flint at Michigan and and just things like that. And so if Mm -hmm. you want, like, I really hope that like somebody hears this and gives a shit Mm -hmm. and honestly like realizes why that a lot of these problems are systemic. Um, They don't come from nowhere. I know that sounds like an improper sentence, but whatever. This isn't a grammar (laughs) podcast. Um, uh, But uh, yeah. So like, um, you know, black people don't, some black people don't go to the doctor as much as white people or other um, nationalities or ethnicities and things like that. And I was just always raised to ask questions. My parents are, you know, like, like fortunately my parents are like extremely educated and like, I had a very, like, I had like a perfect childhood. Like I, you know what I mean? Like even in school, like I was kind of annoying to the teacher. Every single one of my report cards says extremely talkative. I think they added that like checkbox <laughs> for other, but yeah, no, it, it just says extremely talkative. <laughs> it's really messed up. And so, um, like I was in like young astronauts and, um, gifted and talented, but still talked all the way through. So, um, And then, you know, really early on, my dad taught me, you know, the only thing you have is your health and your name. You know, you, you are born naked and alone. You're going to die naked and alone, but like all you have is your health and your name and take care of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my parents are just so straight and narrow that, you know, my twenties, I really rebelled. I went on this like eat, pray, love through America. I lived on a, on a boat in the, in the keys. I moved to New Orleans. I moved to Austin. I moved to like Las Vegas. I lived there for six months. Like Mm -hmm. I went to LA, like I went everywhere. I was just like trying to get away from Charleston. And I was just like really trying to just like not be my mom. Cause my mom was like literally perfect. Like she's like the black Martha Stewart. Uh, Like my mom is literally Jackie O and Martha Stewart, like mixed together with an amazing tan. And, and, and like when, you know, she meets her husband in, in college and then he courts her long distance and calls her and writes her letters and they get married at 23 and they have me at 25, my sister at 29 and then I'm 25 and I haven't even hit one of the milestones. I'm like, okay, then I'm out of here. Right. And it is, it is. Um, so you know, I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't do any of these things. I'm taking bar mat shots. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> so I get back to Charleston and, um, I really feel like I should start taking care of myself. Um, I got a match. I met my husband. We'd actually met in person five years before. So like that worked out, but I was like, yeah, I really should just like get my life together. At what, so, what age were you? Twenty five. Uh, this is like 29. Okay. And, um, then, you know, my mom and I had a really serious conversation because I was turning 30 and, you know, I'd started dating Trey and we were getting very serious mm-hmm. and, um, you know, for some reason, breast cancer came up, uh, cause we really don't talk about again, like the black community, yeah. not even with each other. We really don't talk a lot about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, she reminded me that my my grandmother had cancer and my, uh, my aunt would, was just diagnosed with like ovarian cancer. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start getting my mammograms like now. And my mom's like, no, you you know, you're really not supposed to start getting them till you're 40. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go next week. And she was like, okay. You know, I like, I think that's what I was like trying to, again, this whole ADHD thing. But like, I think that's what I was getting around to. Like my parents always raised me to ask questions. Mm -hmm. If someone answered it in a way that was like dismissive or I didn't understand their answer, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a free country. You can ask the question again, or you can tell them you don't understand just because you don't understand the way that one person answered a question doesn't mean you're dumb at all. That's such a simple concept, but me myself, I'm almost like afraid to like, be like, I don't understand because I don't want to look like an idiot or, you know, and especially to to a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like for you to be so open, be like, okay, I didn't get that. I'm going to ask this question again, or I'm going to ask it a different way. And that's, yeah. that's incredibly strong. And like a, a, to have like a lot of um, confidence in yourself to be able to be like, say it again. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and, and that's where I go back to like, you know, great grandparents and grandparents mm-hmm. and my parents and, and me, and then now my son, you know, everyone's raised a different way. And mm-hmm. I think everything skips a generation and it's mm-hmm. like, um, back in the day, <laughs> it was like, we're in a depression, you're a kid, go to work. Like there's no child labor laws. Yeah. And then, you know, my grandma's born and, uh, they just had so my mom's one of seven. They just had so many kids. The kids are raising each other. Right. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Then you get to like, um, uh, maybe I don't, I don't really remember how I broke it down, but I don't, I don't remember if it was my mom's generation or my generation where it's your, to, uh, I think it's my mom's generation where it's like, you're to be seen and not, and not heard. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and then right. where, then it's my generation, you know, our generation where it's like, okay, you're seen and I'll hear you when I'm ready, like at dinner or mm-hmm. when it's your turn, like when, when I know I'm emotionally supposed to be for you, be here for you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm ready to hear you now. And, uh, now with my child, um, the way that we are raising him is raise your hand at any second. I don't mm-hmm. care what time it is. I don't care where you are. If you have a question, you tell me. I will ask. You will ask. We we leave knowing the answer. Mm-hmm. Like not going to do That's it. Great. Yeah. And 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 I and again I dial this back to race. Um, a lot of black people, especially if they've been disenfranchised, mm-hmm. or um, they have been part of gentrification. Um, don't feel like they have the right for that. And especially when you only get one shot to go to the doctor. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's where I've started this platform mm-hmm. of, you know, type a guide to cancer. Um, it's not just for disenfranchised people of color, disenfranchised people who don't make a certain amount of money. It's not for, any one person or any one type of person it's for everyone it's for the insurance companies to look at things differently it's for them to look look at it differently like 
I was trying to explain it to one of my girlfriends who just found out I have cancer. I was diagnosed on nine four. So if you okay. on two twenty six just found out that I have cancer, we're not that great of friends, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. bye, <laughs> like you just <laughs> found that out. Yeah. Like what? Like that is six months. Yeah, yeah. Friendships so you, are two way street. Mm-hmm. you you didn't text you yeah. didn't call like I texted her and she was like oh girl and I will say she's four kids yeah but you're you're calling and texting someone yeah you're talking to somebody yeah. so if you just found out two days ago we're really not that great of friends yeah but I was trying to explain it to her she was like it, this is just so stupid um you know when I was diagnosed I had to go in three times I I went in for my my annual screening. Okay. Uh, that was just a mammogram. Then I went back for a mammogram and an ultrasound because they saw areas of concern. Mm -hmm. Then I went back on my third time and it was a mammogram an ultrasound and a biopsy. And, um, my insurance covered the first and the third visit even after being confirmed to have breast cancer. cancer. That's dumb. But what they've done is they've run the numbers. And even if you have a payout upon Mm -hmm. death with that same company, it is cheaper for you to die to them than for them to treat your cancer. Mm -hmm. I had six rounds. My treatment plan was six rounds of THCP. Um, I'll have 11 rounds. When all is said, I'll have 11 rounds of um, Herceptin. Okay. And then I'll have 25 rounds of radiation and Jesus. then Tuesday. Yeah. Oh and, um, cause it was in my lymph nodes. That's, that was at stage two. Oh and God. then, um, and then the double mastectomy with reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Um, so with my, with each chemo session being $65,000 before insurance, and that's the insurance price. I'm sure the cash price is different or whatever, mm-hmm. but before insurance, it's 65K each. Um, the Herceptin treatments, because I've had one, was $14,000 each. You mm-hmm. have to think about it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to cost them almost a million dollars. I think the breast surgery is 40 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, that's covered for life. So you can go in and get any changes. If you want your implants changed out, if they're making you sick, that's very common. Yeah. If you want to go from um, your foobs with your uh, silicone, you I've can never go- heard foobs said before. That's uh, amazing, <laughs> fake foobs. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very common in the breast cancer community. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. That tickled me. Uh, no, it's funny. <laughs> like, it's funny. It's, it's so nice to have these little things that really yeah. do, like, lighten it up a little yeah. bit. Um, but, yeah, if you get your fake boobs, mm-hmm. uh, number one, those have to be done every 10 years. I'm 30 and 35. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to get it done at 45 and then 55 and then 65. Um, if, so if you want to go back and get like a flap restriction, that's completely covered too. Mm-hmm. So you have to think like if your health insurance company, like if you have the rider to um, have a life insurance payout, it is cheaper for them to pay your life insurance payout than to continue to pay treatment. for your portion of the treatment. However, mm-hmm. you're, however your insurance is structured and that's really messed up it's really messed up 
Um, you know, and so that's the one thing I'm trying to do with my platform. The other thing is, and, uh, and I'm trying to grow it, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I'm starting, I'm starting from the start. I do nothing. I, I think I thought I knew, I knew that there were stages before I was diagnosed. I knew there were stages of breast cancer and I knew about metastatic and non-metastatic, but I didn't know what it meant. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just another kind of breast cancer. Uh, I see. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to do with my platform is educate people in a way that's not scary, even though cancer is super scary. Yeah. Um, And also let them know that, you know, I had my crazy, crazy 20s. And I, I knew I was invincible. Like there was nothing that was going to take me out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the AYA cancer community, which is from 15 to 39, Mm -hmm. is 40% of cancer diet, like people diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. It's 40%. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. I was talking with um, another interviewee, uh, Lindsay, she was talking about, she works with like the, the, um, youth, youth, I guess, young Americans, like young adults with cancers. That, that's, that's what AYA stands for, right? Like um, American I love that and young adults. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she was talking about like, it's just that weird, like in between stage of your life, you know, you're not a kid really anymore where your parent, you're covered really under your parents' insurance or, you know, and whatnot, but you're really not like a set adult where you're making enough money to be able to take care of yourself and to, to fund your, your insurance, to fund your 401k or everything like that. Like money's tight when you're a young, young adult. So like, where does this money come from? Where can you get treatment from, especially in this crazy healthcare industry where, some person behind a desk gets to tell you that your your surgery is covered or not. So yeah, your um, claim is it's, denied. Yeah, yeah, and I, just I mean, think but but that's the thing, though. So yeah, I feel like within the AYA determination, mm-hmm. I personally feel like there's three different levels in there. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're 15 let's just say 15 to 21 you're in high school and college. So that's a really crazy time to get a cancer. That's a, you're like, from what I've heard from the, the AYA cancer patients in that group that I have personally subdivided, um, (laughs) you know, it's, they, they are really sad because they're, they're really alone. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, your your I say this on like every bucket. Your frontal lobe's not closed. Yeah, I was about to say you're still um, developing. You know, yeah, a lot and happens so, in those five six years. So it's very for those yeah. are very formative years. Yeah. You figure out who you are. You find mm. out what you like, mm-hmm. and um, I don't think that there are a ton enough old mm-hmm. souls around to to stick around when your friend is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that this is a lot of, um, be- because I've had the same experience. I, I have lost, whoa, I think, I think maybe I'm up to like six people. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm, um, but I'm 35 with a kid. So I already lost a lot of people already fell off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think there's a, a miss 
misnomer and a, and, a, and a huge misunderstanding when you say I have cancer to someone um, because I know that one of my friends who's still around and she's an amazing woman like she she has been such a sense of you know source of strength for me but you know she's 41 and she's like I've never I don't I've never known anyone with cancer I'm, I'm so sorry I don't know what wow. to ask and That's and okay. And that is okay. Yeah. And I felt like that was super honest and that made us closer. That's fantastic that she said that. Instead of the other assholes who just ghosted Mm -hmm. or disappeared Mm -hmm. or one of the excuses was, well, I'm really scared. And I said, and that's fine. (laughs) So sorry for, I'm so sorry for not your loss. Well, like, I'm really sorry for your feelings right now. Mm -hmm. Um, How can I be of service to you? Um, (laughs) No, like, I get that you're scared, and so Mm -hmm. am I. Mm -hmm. You know, like, right now, my, like, what, you know, like, before my lymph node was hurting, before mm-hmm. all of this. And I'm like, now my armpit hurts. I'm like, uh, is it coming back already? Right before surgery? What's happening? Like, that kind of thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. everything is very scary. But I told him, I said, look, you can be scared. That's perfectly fine. That is perfectly normal. Yeah. But the one thing you can't do is be more scared than me because it's happening to me. So if you're having a moment where you're super scared, like take a time out, Mm -hmm. call me tomorrow, talk to your therapist because it's 2021 who doesn't have one or two. I have two. They don't know about each other. (laughs) Um, But you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just been a lot of, Oh, I've had my own stuff going on or, mm-hmm. you know, I was just really scared and I really didn't know how to handle it. And those aren't reasons. Those are excuses. Yeah. Um, and those are like assholes. And I don't need another asshole. Mm-hmm. I have one. I already have one. <laughs> Thank God right now that is in perfect working condition. So, um, yeah, those like, that's been the, that's been really hard part. And when I say people I've lost, like I'm talking, we've been friends for 13, 18, 10 years. I'm not talking Mm -hmm. new people. I have more new friends since I've started my podcast. There's not been one person I interviewed that I don't, that doesn't like check up on me or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, or my breasties Mm -hmm. and they're there. I mean, they're there at all times of the night, Mm -hmm. anything I'm thinking, anything that's stupid, anything that's super serious. And that blows me away. Like these people don't know me from Eve. Yeah. And they really don't. Going back to how amazing that cancer community is. It's just like one big warm hug, warm fuzzy. The fact that I didn't there, no matter what. It. Yeah. I didn't expect it. I didn't know where to go. You know, um, I don't think this is um my cancer treatment center's fault, but like I didn't, you know, I wasn't hooked up with like a um like a therapist, like a oncological therapist. Okay. 
Um, but I'm okay with that. And um, I have tried group. I hate group. I hate group therapy. Why is that? I hate it. Um, because I'm already like a hypochondriac. Um, and what really sucks is double-edged swords, right? So I've been getting mammograms since I was 30. I skipped one uh, when I had my son and I was breastfeeding. I was a overproducer. I was making over 100 ounces a day. So I didn't know if they would be able to see what they needed to see on a mammogram. So Mm -hmm. I skipped it that year. Um, They did tell me what I have now is not because of that year I skipped. They, I, I, I am stage two, her two positive. Um, uh, And her two is just a beast who just comes in and wrecks everything. And as my first oncological surgeon said, who has since been fired since that meeting, (laughs) um, she said that her two starts in the breast, goes to the lymph node, and then goes straight to the brain. Like to hang out in the brain was her exact quote. So thanks for that quote that will live rent free in my head forever. Really uh, good bedside manner right there. (laughs) Terrifying. That's terrifying. You don't need to literally implant that into somebody's head because you're never going to forget that. That's always going to be literally in the back of your brain. Yeah. You're always going to be thinking about that. That first appointment was three hours long Mm. because they had to tell me uh, and, and at this point, I still hadn't had a PET, CT, MRI, anything. All I'd had was that biopsy with the mammogram and the ultrasound. Okay. And, you know, she tells me that. And then she tells me. <laughs> so we'll start with chemo. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, let's back that all the way up. Uh, because when my doctor told me, uh, because I've been with my GP for almost 10 years mm-hmm. and, um, you know, again, that's, it, that's that thing that I was saying, you need to find a medical community community that works for you with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to feel comfortable asking questions and you need to like the way that person answers your questions. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is coming from someone who is super saucy and I don't know my place. I don't know my boundaries. Mm-hmm. I don't know my tone. And my face cannot hide what I'm feeling <laughs> I'm whatsoever. <laughs> can't, can't, can't stop, won't stop. But again, this is coming from someone who is an incredibly inappropriate and should never be a doctor. But I'm on the other side of that. Yeah. And... Um, if I ask you something and I don't like the way you answer it, like one time is cool, two times, not like that's not okay. And so my doctor and I are really close and we've been together, like I said, almost a decade. And he's the one who called me and told me he, he's the one that referred me for the um, mammogram. He's the one that he called me and broke the news to me. And um, yeah, like, you know, he referred me to her. And it's just the way that 
you say things. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the way that you say things. So he said you have invasive introductal carcinoma. Okay. And I was like, first, you know, cause he, he sounded really solemn, like really, you know, like really down. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, we have a really good rapport. Like, mm-hmm. am I going to see you at happy hour tomorrow? Like, <laughs> what's that deal? And he was like, yeah, Lauren, um, like, are you sitting down? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working. Uh, it's nine o'clock in the morning on a Friday. And he was like, yeah, you got invasive inductive inductal carcinoma and I'm like okay and he was like I'm telling you you have cancer and I'm like okay um okay and he was like that's it you don't have any questions I was like Mm -hmm. I don't know what to ask you right now yeah you just told me I had cancer like that that right there is something to process I don't know what to ask what should I ask (laughs) he was like um do you want me to call you anything in because I am a super type A, just like everything needs to be in order. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I need to be very clear headed. Mm-hmm. So I walk into the other room because this is in September. This is during the pandy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talked to my husband and he's like, what do they say? And I was like, I have no idea. I'm literally telling you the three words that I heard. So we come back into my office. We call him again, and you know he was just so gentle with me. Explained everything that he understood, everything that he saw on the report. Mm-hmm. He had a referral for me. The chick that got fired hated her. Um, so my husband looked it up. I did not. I was very proud of myself. I'm really impressed with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's so hard because that is the, <laughs> that is usually a me thing. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, it looks like." you don't like have a tumor or whatever. So this might be like stage zero or stage one. And I was like, yeah. So then I did Google stage zero, stage one. That's it. Mm -hmm. And it was like radiation, lump, lumpectomy, Mm -hmm. no chemo. I just like, didn't want to look sick. Mm -hmm. I don't care what I need to do to get better, but I just didn't want to look sick. So then, you know, fast forward to this meeting, she's like, so we'll start with chemo and then we'll lay out all this stuff. And I was like, like whoa, 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 whoa. You just up. told me I had stage one. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm a grade three. That's super aggressive. But like, you just told me I'm a stage one. So why are we even doing chemo? And then the other thing I I I've done a couple of podcasts, but I didn't say this in the other ones. The other thing I didn't like was she was like, Oh, you're gonna have chemo. And I was like, okay. I am and my mom was with me. So like I was like, I'm trying to like rein it in mm-hmm. because I wanna jump out of the chair. And mm-hmm. Hayuk and you. Um, <laughs> but not only that, she wore those really gross, like, toes shoes. Like, the shoes that, like, go in between each of your toes. And I, like, oh, eat I hate those. those. My husband so, wore like, those when we first got together. I made him throw them away. I was like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't respect you as a medical yeah. professional. <laughs> so... 
I don't know. That's where that's that's where it was. And I found new doctors and they're fantastic. But oh yeah. My doctor kept calling me all day to make sure I was okay. Your your and GP? The GP. You, oh, that's amazing. And uh he was right. And I did need Xanax and I'm still on Xanax. Sometimes and that is how help. I get through. That's that okay. is how I get through. Because I mean, you're just thinking about these things and like chemo went really well. I handled chemo very well. And I am very thankful for that. Like never threw up once. Um, wow. didn't miss a day of work. I worked at chemo. I took my laptop there all eight hours, worked, didn't miss a day. I didn't have a day to miss. When I got diagnosed in September, um, I had to take so much time off. I mean, mm-hmm. we did IVF. Yeah. We did in the, like in those three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was just, there was so much to do getting your port place, um, getting the CT, getting the MRI, getting the PET scan. These things are all day things. They're looking at your body. They see one spot of cancer, but they're trying to make sure there's not cancer anywhere else to make sure you aren't metastatic. Because at this point, what she had told me, number one was incorrect. I wasn't stage one. You cannot stage someone without having a biopsy of your sentinel lymph node. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. Well, like within breast cancer. And then also without the results of your CT, your MRI, and your PET to see if it's anywhere else to see if you're metastatic. If it's anywhere else, you're metastatic and you're stage four. So what you told me was you gave me false hope. Mm -hmm. So then she called me two days later and told me it was in my lymph node. So then she said, we can't wait or we have to wait until we get, and I'm not sure if I had a CT or an MRI on my brain. I'm really not sure because I had so many things, but regardless of that, whichever it was, Mm -hmm. she couldn't even stage me. Until that came back to see was if there was any cancer in my brain. And she's telling me this over the phone in the same tone that she was talking to me on that, on that first day. Ugh. And she's like, and then, and then we'll know if you're treatable or curable. And I'm like, and I, I don't even understand what you're saying. Yeah. And she was like, we'll know if you're metastatic or, you know, we'll be able to stage you and whether you're treatable or curable. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so this is the second time in a week that I've been punched in the gut like knocked out from the side by yeah. some information I didn't even know existed. And I've been getting mammograms since I was 30. There was nothing on there when I was 30. Nothing when I was 31, 32, skip 33. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on the one for the 34. And all I had, by the way, were these calcifications in, I'm not even sure if it was one or two ducks and calcifications. Um, it just so happened 
that my OB called me again. I am very close with all of my doctors. Mm -hmm. That is why they are my doctors. And I, please do not, anyone, please don't misunderstand that. Like if your doctors don't call you or like, or you're not friends on Instagram or like whatever. <laughs> I just don't have boundaries and they know that. And plus my son is like super cute. So they like want to see like his pictures. Mm. So if they're not calling you, they're not a bad doctor. Mm-hmm. It's just, this is how your these relationship are my relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, That's it just so happened. Yeah. Like it really, really is. Um, it just so happened that my doc, you know, my doctor, my OB called me and I was like, Hey, I just got off the phone with, um, you know, the mammogram tech. And they said that they found calcifications like on my mammogram and asymmetry. And, um, and she was like, that is really concerning. And I was like, wait, mm-hmm. what? And she was like, yeah, calcifications are usually found in women that are going through or have gone through menopause. And mm-hmm. she's like, you were just in my office like uh, six weeks ago and you're not premenopausal. You're not going through early menopause. None mm-hmm. of that. So I was like, so you think I need to go to this like second mammogram? She was like, you need to make that appointment right now. Wow. And I was like honestly that was God looking out for me because yeah you had some angels without for sure. that I don't know if I would have been so you know what I mean like yeah as concerned or urgent yeah yeah like you the way they put it was asymmetry and calcification mm-hmm. and when I look that up it didn't tell it wasn't WebMD didn't do their normal thing like oh damn you won't make you won't have another headache like <laughs> they didn't do that thing yeah. so um I just wasn't really that concerned so um I have these cows I have these calcifications and you know when I went and got a biopsy they biopsy three of them and thank god they biopsied the right ones or whatever mm-hmm. and that's what my cancer was my cancer was like these glitter specks in a milk duct I had no tumor they had to pick whichever was the biggest of the calcifications to call my lesion and I would not have found, I would not have been diagnosed if it weren't for this mammogram. And in the breast cancer community, there's this big debate over diagnostic mammograms. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I Mm -hmm. get it. You're taking up scheduling. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different things you can do. Mm -hmm. And I will say, looking back, I did go back to my OB um, because I was having, I was having some problems like back in um, like between like May and July. And I went uh, in May for my second baby, like green check, like green check, like, like, can we have a second baby? Am I healthy enough? Healthy enough? And she was like, your blood pressure's out of control. Uh, fix that. Um, but other than that, I got my green check. Right. Yeah. So I went back in July and I was like, my armpit really, really hurts. And I wasn't even, I wasn't even aware of lymph nodes again, mm-hmm. 
how many people, like, what do you truly know about warning signs? Yeah. How many- Unless you have like some sort of like scientific or like anatomy background, physiological yeah. background, you really don't know. Cause you know, you have lymph nodes in your neck, but not everybody knows they're in your armpits or in your hips or all over they're your body. All over your yeah. body. People don't know that. So once again, going back to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I asked, and and my doctor had contracted COVID and mm-hmm. she was out. So I saw whoever was there because I was just like, I'm in so much pain. Mm-hmm. My armpit really, really hurts. And I just don't know if this has, has anything to do with like fibroids. I don't know, like mm-hmm. endometriosis. Like I'm, I'm reading all these things and the internet's like, everything's connected. You're gonna die. Seriously, and I was like, MD tells me every time. Yeah, every time. <laughs> so I went in and I had it checked out and he was like, Oh, it's just an ingrown hair. And I was like, okay, well I've had ingrown hairs and like, you can feel it you know what I'm saying like even if it's just like a ball like yeah like he felt me and he gave me a breast exam and he was like it's just an ingrown hair and I was like okay Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense to me because I'm really not like a crazy hairy person I don't really have to shave a ton um, I can't remember the last time I shaved, so like whatever. Uh, but thankfully I had that mammogram already on the books. Oh, that's amazing. And it was dead ass in my lymph nodes. They were swollen the entire time. Mm-hmm. So that's just really disappointing. Um, you know, that was kind of a letdown, but that's not my that's not my GP. That's not my Mm-mm. that's not my GOB. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, um, like I said, that's, that's really disappointing. Yeah. And, um, I feel like that's like a, um, I feel like that is a common occurrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I can only speak for myself uh with people of color um i have read in medical like in medical documents that uh people of color have higher uh pain thresholds um so like when they come in what they complain about um you should just like really take that into consideration right also women Yes. Women have higher thresholds too. And they're also e- uh, more easily dismissed. Yes. Because, oh, you, oh you're, you're a woman. Oh, you're just, you're just a little complain. black woman oh. and you're just, you Looking, need some attention. You know. Where's yeah. your fainting couch? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a so I talked to Yeah. <laughs> so like I was talking to my best, I was talking to one of my best friends about this literally yesterday. And she was like, okay, so here's the deal. And, Cause she's black. And she was like, this is how I think about that. If black women have a higher pain threshold and I'm here for pain, then I'm in fucking pain. Yeah. Right. There's a reason I'm here. I'm not here for giggles. This isn't fun. If I have a higher pain threshold and it was just, um, what do you call those? Like a splinter. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even feel it. I wouldn't even feel it. Yeah. Right. 
If I were giving birth, I wouldn't even feel it till I was five centimeters. I'm just so tough and I'm so strong. All of you can kiss my fucking ass. You can eat my ass. <laughs> you, you can eat it. You can kiss it. I don't care what you give shit. I love my doctors. They're mm-hmm. both black. They're both white. And I like, I love, I love a doctor of color. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes if you get someone who is not, an American doctor, they were a doctor in their home country, had to come over here, go to medical school again. How crazy. And now they're a doctor. You know who, you know who (laughs) I want? I want that person. I want someone who studied their ass off twice. That's what I want. I think that's incredible for somebody to come over to this country and do it all over again. All over again. Oh my God. Bullshit. I know. Like, take an equivalency test. Yeah, I get that, blew me that away. they're not just going to mm-hmm. give it to you. Yeah. People's lives are at stake. Mm-hmm. Take a test. Take the board. If you pass the board. Yeah. If I took the board tomorrow and I passed it, then let me be a fucking doctor. <laughs> I don't know. I imagine those boards are not easy. <laughs> they're not. I don't, I don't think they are. And I'm telling you, I probably would piss myself while I was filling out. I don't even know if it's bubbles or just yeah. like uh, scantrons. Do you remember answer. scantrons? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know if it's short answer. I don't know if it's essay. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's a doctor. What is it? Like a doc? Like what is it? A um, dissertation? I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But I would piss myself while I was filling out my name. <laughs> so no one worry. I'm not going to be operating on you. I'm not going to be taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that like that really that really got to me. And yeah. so okay. What's your next question? That was super long-winded. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I really asked a question. I just let you go with it. And I love it yeah, when I have uh, no, don't be. Oh my God. I love it when I have guests that just come on and, and roll with it. It just makes me so happy. And you oh, I have with it. <laughs> um, so I will say I am a little different. <clears throat> In addition to being like so beautiful and humble, right? <laughs> um, I mean, well, you are beautiful. I have a great personality and uh, I'm like funny and I honestly really though like I'm like kind of annoying I I have dead ass full on conversations with myself I answer myself Mm -hmm. I support my stances like Mm -hmm. mm, like because because here's here's where I'm coming from um in my maturity, like as I've grown to this mature, beautiful young woman, um, what I did in the past, I was like, whatever I do is right. So everybody else, you can do no wrong. Fuck yourself. I can do no wrong. I'm in, yeah. I'm invincible. Mm-hmm. I'm healthy. No, you're not. You're smoking a fucking pack a day. What are you, what are you doing? Um, I mean, I can I've got a hollow leg. Yeah, you drink like a sailor. Again, not healthy. Um, and I mean just all the things, except yeah. for except for gin, except for scotch. And I was really kidding about the Everclear, but like mm-hmm. everything else is full ass game. Like we are all about it. Alcohol has always been there for me. So like, I'm always going to be there for it, I but I say. will say, <laughs> I, say. I will I was like, always. I've been there for alcohol too. Yeah. 
always be there for it. But I will say I'm a little different because Mm -hmm. my best friend, my sister, my guardian angel is a jacta. She's an anesthesiologist. She works up at UVA. She she is the most beautiful person I've ever seen. And she does medical commentary for uh, CNN. Shut up. Really? That's so cool. She's like super like, I'm so glad I met her back in the day because now I would just be like fangirling. But now (laughs) I'm like, we're best friends. So whatever. I actually literally just ordered her birthday cake today. I'm so excited. Oh my God. So like I bake, like Uh I bake, like, uh, I bake like nobody's business, Mm -hmm. but uh, sometimes I can't really decorate that great. So, mm-hmm. um, I make a badass cookie and mm-hmm. oh, key lime cookies. Yeah. Mm. I make easy. a bacon chocolate chip cookie. Stop. So good. You're making me hungry. Just send it through. Salted. Send it through computer. Oh, yeah. Man. Salted caramel chocolate chip cookies. Person, that sounds amazing. Um, inside out chocolate chip cookie. So that it's a triple chocolate with like a, so it's like a chocolate cookie with, um, dark chocolate, milk chocolate and white chocolate chips. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, any cookie you got, you got it. But when it comes to a cake, they taste so good. They're just not as pretty, but sometimes they're not uh, that that's pretty. Okay. Taste is the most important, but she has been there from the second my doctor called me. So my doctor called me. I went and told Trey because he was here. Mm -hmm. I came back in this room and I called her. I called Ebony. And she's like, okay, 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 okay. When she says, okay, I'm like, fuck. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. Okay. So she starts looking stuff up. And I know her, she's not Googling. She's like literally looking at the doctor like studies. Computer. She's like and, at uh, the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. You know, you, you have, you've got what 80% of women have. So if I had breast cancer, that's what I'd want. I'd want, I'd want the breast cancer that has 80% of the, uh, um, you know, like, uh, research and education and all these things. She's calming me down. Um, you know, she, you know, because I need information and my doctor doesn't know, like he's a DO, he's a GP, like, Mm -hmm. and he genuinely didn't know. And I love that he didn't want to give me misinformation. I appreciate that when doctors are like, you know what? Like, I, I don't know. I'll, we can look it up together or let me refer you to somebody that, that will know. I do not want to give exactly. you false information and make you worried more, make you worried less. Like this is not my expertise. I love when doctors are humble like that. I think that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, she's looking it up. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> I just got all this, all of these things. I wanted to document everything, mm-hmm. every feeling. I don't care how disgusting, Disgusting. I felt how disgusting what was happening to me because it's all true. Everyone needs to know. I'm so happy for your podcast. I'm so happy for like any of the podcasts that are letting people like tell their true stories. Um, but um, so that first, um, first off, uh, that first day, I had doctor appointments 
all day. So first off, when I, when I got the referral and I called who my doctor had referred me to, they were like, cool, cool, cool. We can see you in two weeks. And I was like, awesome. You don't know me. I will be there Monday mm-hmm. and <laughs> I will help you sanitized because there's a pandy. Um, <laughs> I will sweep the parking lot. I will turn on the lights. I will help you make copies of the intake forms, but my black ass is being seen. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Good for you Monday for and Tuesday. And I wasn't even being, I really wasn't trying to be a bitch. Or no, asshole, no, no. You just, but want- like, Someone just told you you had cancer and you wanted me to wait wait a couple weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Mm -mm. So I explained my situation to her and she said, Oh, girl, okay. Okay. okay, okay. Let me see who I've got. Let me see who I can move around. Let Mm -hmm. me see who calls in and cancels today and Mm -hmm. we will get you something today. (sighs) So two hours later, she calls me. I get in Tuesday morning. So let's throw a little uh, gasoline jet fuel on the fire. Oh, there we go. Mm -hmm. I'm applying for new jobs within my company. Okay. And great timing, right? Yeah. So (laughs) um, I did have two girlfriends who had breast cancer. I called them, got you know the straight and narrow, all the information, everything I needed to know. All of their doctors um, called their doctor. They called their doctors because, like, again, I am so, like, even with my oncological team, we are close. Mm -hmm. The doctors were at their weddings, and I was at their weddings. Oh, my God. Like, that's how close. They're they're texting them, which, by the way, my doctor has given me his cell phone number. That's amazing. Sometimes I text him when I'm like losing it or just like, hey, really forgot to call on this prescription. I'm shitting my pants, dude. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. So um, so tur- at the end of the day, at the end of between Friday and Monday, like I'm talking people are texting people on Sunday. People are logging in and making appointments. Wow. I had three appointments on, on Tuesday, wow. including a job interview. <laughs> So four appointments on Tuesday. (laughs) Wow. So I went to the first one, which was terrible. Got told I might possibly have a brain cancer and then had a job interview. Oh my God. How, how did you, okay. How did you keep that together? Like, are you able to compartmentalize like you, or you just, I'm not a good sociopath. So no, I'm not (laughs) great at like compartmentalizing. Okay. Cause you said like like, you show everything on your face. So yeah. Yeah. I just was, I just went dead. I just like, it was not a, it wasn't a compartmentalized. I just was dead. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then I just swapped it around to be like super like enthusiastic and just like really like kind of like, kind of, I guess like informational, but like, you know, I really was like, I've got two more appointments. Mm-hmm. Like, th- like she was wrong. Yeah. So oh. that was, that's just where I put my, that's just where I put myself. Yeah. She's wrong. And I'm a do it all over at three o'clock. Done. Um, it's great to get a second so, or third opinion. Like just don't oh, automatically. For take, sure. 
one opinion oh, yeah. for what it's worth. Fuck yeah. her. She's the worst. Her stupid shoes. So, um, Ebony zoomed all of my appointments. Wow. She was with me because she's up in uh, Virginia now. She's moved away three, four, three. No, yeah, three years ago. Two, two and a half years ago. Uh, so I've been sad for about oh uh, yeah, two and a half years. Um, but she zoomed everything and we recorded it and we still have it. That's good. I mean, the, the crying, the ugly crying, the me spitting in the, in the, uh, genetic test tube to get my, my BRCA, Mm -hmm. uh, her breaking to me that I'm going to have chemo, going to lose my hair, walking me through it, biopsying my lymph node. And then also while they leave the room, um, I had just started my podcast. <laughs> so here's the deal. I had just started Blended Kids uh, August 1st. Okay. And then uh, I, I wanted to launch the podcast like September 1st. Okay. And so Ebony was my first guest. And so I'm telling my mom about my podcast. Like I didn't want to tell her until I was like established, but I was like, um, it's getting uncomfortable because this appointment's three hours long. Like my mom and I don't have any more shit to talk about anyone else. So, um, I was like, let's just talk shit about me. And I was like, Hey, (laughs) do you want to be on my podcast? And she's like, what the fuck is a podcast? And I was like, um, it's like my own like radio show that like no one can cancel because I pay for it. Yeah. And she was like, huh, well, give me the questions. And I was like, what is this? Yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> I don't, I can't, and I can't stand when people like ask for questions because yeah, like, I, I, was I already it's told free flowy. you. This is yeah. just the way it's going to be. It's free mm-hmm. flowy. Uh, uh-huh. It's not a, it's not an inquisition. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to catch you on anything. Yeah. I'm definitely not trying to like call you a bad mom. I don't give a fuck how you parent your kids. I just like, just like talk. Just come on and talk. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, if you've ever done a podcast like where someone's like, "Here's question three. Like, it's that's so miserable. Yeah, it's I was so like, it's bad, so awkward, and ugh. okay. I feel like I'm taking one. a bad that's test. Yeah, yeah. Like if I wanted to take tests, I go back to college and fail out again. That's like, like the first thing they again. tell you not to do on like podcasting forums because before I really started mine, I was just like, okay, you yeah. Know, like, what are do's? What are don'ts? And that's an obvious don't. But they, the fact that they have to say. Don't say, okay, question three, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, just talk. See where it goes. See where it flows. Like, Just like the other yeah. guests that are so terrible. Mm-hmm. Some people some just very like... very bad hosts. Mm-hmm. The, I, I really... And, and let me be diplomatic. Because, like, the, the first of mine... The one with Ebony is great because she's been my best friend for 12 years. Yeah, just talking to your friend. Um, we're just talking. Yeah. But... Again, some people, okay, yeah, some people don't have somebody to tell them, like, just, like, don't do that. And then, like, some people don't have someone to tell them, like, you're not great at that. Like, I'm trying to be nice, because usually I'd be like, mm, you should not ever fucking be on any medium at all. <laughs> Visual like voice what is it like uh visual audio or even fucking empathy like don't like don't be an empath like don't don't give anybody anything uh keep it all to yourself (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, like just like some people aren't good guests, some people aren't yeah. good hosts, and mm-hmm. like and and some people might think I'm a shitty host because uh, the chemo brain and the ADHD and the whatever. But like mm-hmm. again, eat just. Yeah. Well, in, in this day and age, especially during the the pandemic, the panorama, the pandy, um, everybody right. everybody started their their own podcast, and mine started at the very beginning. I, I thought of it, and then all of a sudden, we went into lockdown early March of 2020, and I was just like, okay, well, I guess I got to start doing this via Zoom because I was planning on having people in person. Yeah. But ultimately, it worked out because you know I get to meet people from all over the country, all over the world that I might not necessarily have been able to interview. So I think that was just like a little blessing too. But everybody, I feel, started their podcast in 2020 just because, hey, we we didn't have shit to do. So where are <laughs> you? Where am I? Um, Southern California, like around LA. Oh, I'm just in like Southern you know, LA. LA. Like, oh, <laughs> but I will say what sucks is that like you guys are on like dead ass uh, lockdown. Yeah, Newsom was super. <laughs> Well, uh, it's better we than actually being in South Carolina. Just opened like there isn't a oh, pandemic. That's, it, it's just like this weird like equilibrium that needs to be found. Like they couldn't balance it out. Like some states and cities, they just didn't believe it existed, and nobody wore masks and nobody took any sort of precautions. And then other cities and states that just went overboard because they, it was just a knee jerk reaction. And that was unfortunately California, especially Los Angeles. The knee-jerk reaction came from because we have so many people here. Of course, it's going to transmit easily. Duh. But we don't need to knee-jerk and close down all the small businesses and the, like, outdoor dining. You're not going to get COVID by dining outdoors with the people that you, like, are in your bubble. I'm sorry. You're driving I like people the outside into their tents. homes. Yes. Oh my God. That was so dumb. <laughs> the tents. Yeah. Like, I no, like the tents. I like the tents. Okay. No, I like the tents that are open air, but when they did the yeah. tents closed all and all on four sides, I'm like, so might as well just be dining inside. But no, yeah. it's just, it was frustrating to be out here with that. But then also equally as frustrating to uh, talk to my in-laws who live in Florida and they're saying that nobody <laughs> believes. Yeah, right. Nobody believed it existed. They were the only what person on their block. Bad. No joke. My in-laws moved like two blocks away to get away from their neighbors. <laughs> That's insane. Like, yeah, Florida. No. They, my in-laws believed in it, word. but the Florida was just like the wild, wild west. It was crazy, Florida was but. like, what are you talking about, Panzer? Like, no, that's, that's not just, real. It's impossible. <laughs> like, yeah. no, no, it isn't. No, no, and they said it didn't exist until like they got it, you know? So, oh, it really exists. No shit. Okay. You guys got a lot of it. <laughs> like a lot. Like a really big oh lion share of it. Oh so, God. like, I really hope you believe. But, yeah. like, if you don't, yeah. um, there's nothing I can do for you. And, like, mm-hmm. honestly, um, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we digressed. I, I even forgot what we were going with, but, um. Cancer. Cancer. Well, really? Yeah. We were talking about cancer? Yeah, we were talking about cancer. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, so going yeah, through, so you I'm, start your podcast. With your, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I, like, started Blended Kids Mm -hmm. um, in August, like, August 1st. And I started Blended Kids because I was like, uh, look, there, one in every seven children born is multiracial or multiethnic. And Mm -hmm. that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like everybody needs a support group. Cancer, moms, but, like, within moms, a, 
uh, again, there's like these like subgroups. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to one of my white uh, friends. Um, I have a lot of white friends, husbands, white, cool, love white people. Like, don't get it twisted. Just because <laughs> there is a sy- systemic racism mm-hmm. in America and yep. I am fighting that love and hate everyone equally, right? Everybody I hate, hate equally. Equal opportunity, I, mean, I, I like it. I really, I really don't like hate anyone because like I, I know. don't think about you that much. Um, <laughs> I nothing but, you. <laughs> I, like, I'm complete apathy. Um, but I just wanted to like create like a safe space for like people who have like interracial, multiracial, multi-ethnic children um, to like start that community because there are things that you need to talk about like when you do have that. I.e., my kids too today, before the pandy, before the panorama, we <laughs> had um, we had planned to talk to him, to begin to talk to him about race because our parents watch him. So in his life, he has a rainbow. He mm-hmm. he has white grandy and papa, and mm-hmm. he's got black CC and granddaddy, and mm-hmm. he's got mommy and he's got daddy. And what's hilarious, and in every book, if there's a black person, it's mommy, and if there's a white person, there's daddy. It could be a woman or a man, and that is hilarious to me. But I'm like ex- I'm trying to explain the like concept of blended kids to. Mm -hmm. my girlfriend and she's like I just don't get it like number one she doesn't have kids which is cool don't have kids uh Mm -hmm. really like don't have kids um I love (laughs) my son but like kids will change uh, I I don't have any kids but or we don't have any kids but it's it's it changes everything from what I've seen and experienced talking to other people Mm -hmm. things like everything (laughs) It changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my son is fantastic. He literally is my favorite person. It is an emotional, mental, and physically abusive relationship. Um, um, he does punch my chemo port like every morning. What's that deal with um, little boys just like wanting to punch and hit things? My, my uh, nephew does the same uh, thing, like punched my husband uh, in the face. I was like, what? Yeah. Why? Why'd you do that? That was was dead ass rude, kiddo. Right? Um, (laughs) But the the game is punch mommy in the port every morning, and then oh, mommy is a boo boo, and then kiss it. And I'm like, that is mentally, and that that is all three. That's emotionally, mentally, and physically abusive. Um, So I uh, get why women stay. So. uh i've been through it but yeah kids change everything sometimes they fuck up everything and sometimes they make everything great but Mm -hmm. like yeah having said that like my kid does these things and sometimes it's like i like dead ass tell him not to do something and he's like (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. and then does it yeah but like i facetime him at lunch every day because Mm -hmm. i literally miss him so much and he's two I thought I would get over that and I haven't um especially now with the cancer um and I am lucky uh being like her two positive instead of like the triple neck or the triple pause and mm-hmm. um any you know or ER PR positive um mm-hmm. uh I, ju- I just have to wait a year after I'm finished to um 
like have another baby, uh, which really sucked because we were like literally ready to be ready. To go you two. know, I, I, yeah. I went, you know, to the doctor to get that gold star green check and yeah. I did not get either one of those. Yeah. Um, and it just sucks because I'm getting older, right? Like I'll be oh, fuck, like, by the time I get that check, I'll be 36. And then like, God knows how long it'll take to get pregnant because we want to get pregnant, um, naturally before we use the IVF babies because they'll be there and, um, you know, like try to do that. And so like, God knows how old I'll be. The last thing I wanted was that, and, and please no offense to anyone, but the last thing personally I wanted was to have kids at 40. Like I just, you know, it's, it's rough. Yeah. Well, it's luckily rough. it, it, you know, it's, we're not our parents' generation where like yeah. they had kids at 23, 28, 25, yep. whatever. You know, my parents were also married at 22 and 23. I was partying my ass off at 22, 23, oh, 28. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't remember 22 to right? so My 20s were great. I don't remember a lot, but I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's just like it, with our generation, it's kind of like a so, sort of normal to be having babies a little bit later from what I've yeah. seen. I'm, I'm going to be 37 in June. So we're still trying. I'm actually waiting on a doctor's appointment. They're, they're probably going to tell me it's not going to happen, but, um, you know, like it's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Being a mom, a new mom again at 40, it's, it's tough. Cause you start to think about it. Okay. So when they graduate high school, I'm going to be almost 60 and, and all these things. But that is the norm. But, yeah. But it, but is, it is, it's a lot norm. more normal now. Yeah. It really is the yeah. norm. It's just not, what, what I wanted. It, it, yeah. it's not what I saw for yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. Let me rephrase because yeah. if I have healthy children mm-hmm. and I'm healthy, mm-hmm. I honestly don't care. That's the most important. Um, I th- the reason why I cared so much is because I really wanted my kids to be close, mm-hmm. and um, I wanted them to be close in age. And I figured if they were closer in age, they'd they'd be closer. And I wanted them to stay close, especially with this health. This, not scare this health fucking nightmare. Yeah. And, um, you know, if anything happened to me, I wanted them to have each other. Yeah. And I have a, I have a younger sister, but she's four years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And we are not as close as I would care to be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my husband and I discussed like, yeah, we'd love to have our, all of our kids two years apart. We wanted three kids two years apart. Cool. You're going to share a car. You're going to share a room. I don't give a shit. You're mm-hmm. going to be best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, through the podcast and talking to other people, I, I, I realized that it, this is not all about me. <laughs> like I, I realized <laughs> this is not all about me and, um, we may be like, we may be as close as my sister cares to be. Yeah. And I've had that same experience. Yeah. I'm going to open up a, a- a bubble water. It's going to sound like a beer, guys. I'm sorry. I heard you should be drinking a beer. <laughs> Sunday fun day. Um, right. But yeah. So then I didn't ever realize like maybe we are as close as she would like to be. And so uh, we, we are at max capacity with her. I just you want. I needed to talk to my therapist about mm-hmm. why I need more in-depth relationships, but I have those with my friends now. And I realized that <laughs> the friends who stuck around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, um, I let that go. And that, that honestly like made me happier, mm-hmm. um, to 
that's realize that like yeah. it really doesn't matter how far apart they are that like they could yeah. be close and yeah. that'll be cool no and, and that's that's a hard aha moment to come across yeah. you know like yeah. i i have a sister who's three and a half years older than me growing up we were not close at all i'm pretty sure she hated me uh, we did not start to get close until she got pregnant with my nephew i don't know if it was yeah. hormones but he's five now since then like she lives in arizona i live in california but we we FaceTime all the time and and she can tell me anything and, and all these things. It's like it's sucked growing up or it sucked the first 31 years of yeah. my relationship with her. But yeah. you know, certain things happen that can help you grow closer as well. Like I wanted to be best friends with my sister. Like I looked up yeah. to her, but she just wanted nothing to do with me. And it it it's give and take. So eh. yeah. You know, hopefully maybe down the road you and your sister will will grow and bond a little bit more. But like you said, you have like these amazing uh, friends who are like siblings, our family to you. The thing is, is like, we're good. Yeah. Like, we have yeah. a good you relationship. Wanted more. Yeah. Like, okay. great. Like, we literally text every day. Oh, like, that's great. We live close, mm-hmm. but because of cancer mm-hmm. um, and her job, um, we haven't been able to see each other, but like we do FaceTime That's and all great. those things. So like, it's not like, oh shit, it's been three weeks. I haven't talked to her. Like yeah. if it's been three hours, I'm like, <laughs> what do you are you, you? <laughs> dead? And who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. Respond to my yeah. GIF because call me back. <laughs> hilarious. Or I need you to approve this TikTok because um, I'm missing my window and I need to put it up. Hello. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, um, it was really, it was really hard to explain to people, uh, you know, my, my, my monochromatic friends, especially ones that are not in interracial relationships, mm-hmm. um, why blended kids was so important. And mm-hmm. so then, you know, three days after I launched the podcast, I'm diagnosed with cancer and I had to make a very big decision. And, um, you know, Ebony had really supported me. I mean, I got a box on my front doorstep with like podcast materials and like ring lights. You should have been doing this for a very, and she has her own podcast and she's like, you should have been doing this for a very long time. You have a lot of information to share. You are mm-hmm. smarter than you've ever thought you were. Mm-hmm. Do it or else. Like that kind of thing. And yeah. I love you, Ebony. I love you for that. But and I and I did. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I um I just kept going mm-hmm. because I just wanted to see how far I could get. Like if I did one interview and it just exhausted me to my core Mm -hmm. to where like I had to like pause to throw up. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's my first month. It's my first chemo. I don't know how I'm going to react. I just said, I'll figure it out then. And I just kept going and I made sure I was like uber prepared and I took notes. I did not have like sequent questions, <laughs> but, um, they started off a little rough, but they got a lot better. Yeah, and, the learning um, curve is real. I'm re- yes. And I, and I'm really glad I didn't stop because, um, I really think it helped with the chemo brain. I think the more you use your brain, the more those synapses continue to fire mm-hmm. and 
you know, those, the connections in your brain stay intact. Um, and I do not fault or judge anyone for laying bed and never getting out of bed. Cause I feel like that twice a week, the depression is real. The PTSD, the STD, well, I don't want to say STDs, but, <laughs> um, but the, the PTSD, absolutely. Yes. Traumatic. Well, the PTSD. So the TSD is real the traumatic. because it's okay. not, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it's not, yeah. The STD. When he said STD, I was like, real. That's yeah, a big that's your sound. That's your sound bite. The STD. Yeah. So real. Um, no, but the TSD is dead ass real. And, mm. um, um, the PTSD will be real because I didn't want to be right. Yeah. I, I never went to go get a mammogram for them, for them to tell me hope like, I get for cancer. sure. Yeah. yeah. Like I hope I, this time I hope I have cancer. That'd be so great. <laughs> Super great. Like I didn't do that for that. And, um, so like that sucks, right? Like my scans, my scan anxiety is like through the roof Yeah. because I was right. It wasn't discovered or a lump or anything like yeah. that. And then also, you know, I have nightmares about what if I had waited until I was, for, what if I followed directions? What if I just what shut is, up yeah. and followed directions and listened to everyone who, like the insurance company, not family or friends, who yeah. do not have my best interest at heart? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What situation would I be in yeah. in six years from now? That's just something you can't think about because those what ifs will debilitate you. It's nauseating. I just, I'm so thankful that you, you had these angels that surrounded you that you had such a close relationship with your physicians and the fact that you didn't take no for an answer. And the fact that you, you were your own advocate, got second and third opinion. You have to advocate for yourself Mm -hmm. because no one else, no one knows your body like you do. Mm -hmm. So this is a super poor analogy, but, (laughs) um, I don't change doctors or providers often, right? Mm-hmm. Even my nail lady, she's family. If she were homeless, you could come and live with me forever. <laughs> Lynn, I love you. Um, we had an instance where Lynn wanted to do something new to my nails, which we had not previously discussed. Mm-hmm. And my words to her, were you know nails better than anyone right like you've been doing them for 20 years and that's fantastic Mm -hmm. I know me better than anyone Mm -hmm. so everything we do is a collab all right yeah that's it you there are no surprises Mm -hmm. don't surprise me with a fucking diamond on my pinky (laughs) this is not 2003 it is not 2003 i was about to say i remember those that's funny do not i will never i never get the same color on my nails and toes i refuse do Uh not surprise me with that do that either Ugh. yeah i i only get my nails done every like three weeks to a month Mm -hmm. like i need like i want the different stuff Mm -hmm. but again 
you might know oncology better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. I know me better than anyone else. So Mm -hmm. this is a collaboration. And I really, I just really hope that you have young and African-American, anyone who's disenfranchised, I really hope you have those listeners because you have the right to question. Like we're not saying storm a capital. It's a question. And I, and, and honestly, that was like reestablished to me or like, you know, like revamped to me the other day when I like had a deposition for a car accident, some chick like ran into me, not me. Um, and they were, and my lawyer was like, look, they're going to try to trip you up. Mm-hmm. If they ask you a question and you don't understand, literally say, I do not understand. Can you ask that question a different way? And if some doctor's like, well, your L4 is out of sync and it really should be an L5. And I didn't even see your L3. And whoo, if we don't get in there and check your butthole, no. <laughs> Um, no, 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 no. You're a podiatrist. You will not be checking my butthole. No, we're not Um, looking at my back. We're looking at, yeah, my feet. Just, just my hammer toes. Just the hammer toes. Check those out. Keep it moving. Leave my butthole alone. That is now for OBs. OBs are doing rectal exams. Hmm. Tell your OB you want one because... Everyone needs to be checked from head to toe and inside and out. And that is for real. But advocate for yourself for sure. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand a question, tell them you don't understand. Mm -hmm. You are not a doctor. You did not go to medical school. You are not board, double, triple board certified. Mm -hmm. And it is their job to educate you on you and make you feel comfortable Mm-hmm. and like not make you go home and Google yeah. WebMD. Yeah. I just spent, I just gave you $400 for a quarter hour. Mm-hmm. Give me the answers I need, mm-hmm. desire, require. And we, and then we, and then we'll go about our life. And then they yeah. really might respect you more and yeah. then like take you out for drinks. Who knows? That might be illegal. I don't know. I don't know. But That's a question. I think may it, varies state to state. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, my no, doctor is not taking me out for drinks. We just ended up at the same bar and then I was just so like, like, hey, <laughs> my bar tab was definitely covered. It's fine. That's it's awesome. Fine. No, but it's, that's, that's a perfectly put, like a doctor should be able at that collaboration you just talked about, the doctor yes. should be able to give you and provide you with the tools for you to be able to decide and help you. Cause you, you have your, you know, yourself, you're the best provide you with those tools to help make the best decision that is for you, for your care, for your treatment. And I think a lot of the times that gets brushed over because they pack people in there. Like like you said, every 15 minutes, you get like two minutes with a doctor, you maybe see a nurse, you know, and it's just like, you need to a be prepared to ask more questions and just like kind of come in prepped knowing that you might have to slow them down because they will try to I guess oh, they were trying steer, to steer, steer the yeah. visit, you know, like in and out. So like if, if you have to slow them down, you have to slow them down and don't feel bad about that. Be prepared. Mm-hmm. Go in with your questions. Mm-hmm. Have a pen yeah. and paper. 
Yep. Write down the answer. Record so it if you need to. Because record it if you need to. Like I miss things all the time. I'm like, wait, what they say? So it, having somebody else in there, or just recording it. Like it's not like you're trying to sue them. You just no miss something. You just need the yeah. answers to your questions. Mm-hmm. Um, do not rely on your memory. Mm-hmm. Take a pen and paper. Record mm-hmm. that for sure. Um, but just like do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I read like a super awesome quote the other day. Um, um, I'm not going to, you're going to look it up. No paraphrasing. Yeah. I'm looking it up. <laughs> so I'm not going to screw it up, but, um, Confucius say, <laughs> We have two lives, and the second one begins when we realize we only have one. All right. That hit different. Yeah. On Wednesday morning. Because I, I couldn't sleep all night. So not, usually I wake up at like 5.36. I woke up at like 3.30. I could not go back to sleep. So like I just started like writing and just like, what, like trying to blog or whatever. And then I saw this woman who posted it. And that's dead ass true. I mean, you, again, when you're in your 20 and your early 30s, you and, and with every right, you should have the right to be like blissfully ignorant and like have mm-hmm. fun and just like have, if you want kids cool. And if you don't cool, but if you want kids to have kids and to have these healthy kids and have fun and not live in a pandemic and not have to like Lysol everything and, <laughs> and like hand sanny everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, everybody's like, you have one life, you have one life, you have one life to live, like YOLO, blah, blah, blah. And for sure. Yeah. But when you, yeah, I, 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 was so like, I, I don't, but, I don't miss that. <laughs> I don't miss that. But when someone tells you, you have to fight mm-hmm. to keep this one, mm-hmm. that line is drawn. Mm-hmm. That girl is dead. That Lauren is dead. Mm-hmm. She died. Um, the one thing I really don't appreciate. Oh yeah. Again, ADHD brain. Um, it was about groups, but then this like branches off of groups. I don't like group therapy because if you have group therapy, you can't just have cancer group therapy. It's not fair. Um, that's where that, misnomer and that rude statement of easy cancer comes from Uh, you have people sitting and comparing Mm -hmm. and then you also have people that are like stage zero stage one who are super you know super lucky and they feel lucky and they feel good and they are the ones who are able to stay positive and spread positive messages and might have the energy to like go out and do walks and make appearances mm-hmm. and whatever and if you have metastatic people in that group that's not the same mm-hmm. you need different life coaching you need different you have different needs you're on different medication. Um, 
one of the first group therapies I went to, the woman was like, hey, guys, back again. Uh, got breast cancer for the third time and found out it spread to my spine. Um, and I was like, okay, I've had cancer for three days. I was looking That's for support. Traumatic. And yeah. I didn't know that you could have spine cancer. So uh, I'm quietly going to leave the group, the chat. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm gone. Mm -hmm. But if you have, you know, like if you want to make a group and it's just like, you know, her two people, everyone that's got like her two, stage two and all that stuff, I think Mm -hmm. that would be very helpful. Mm -hmm. I don't, I haven't found that. Um, but also like, I'm just, it's already been six months and I'm only like 25% into my treatment. Like, yeah, Tuesday I'll be 50%. Um, but I've still got, you know, 10 sessions of this and 25 sessions of that. And, and then to hear about a relapse, that takes you to it. That's not what you're looking for, Mm -mm. especially a couple days in of your diagnosis. That's not motivational. I I definitely see that. And that makes a thousand percent complete sense too. And also on the flip side of somebody who has had a more survivable cancer, a lot of us do have survivor's guilt. Like I feel guilty that I didn't struggle more. And so it's just like that comparison is so hard. And like you said, it's just, it's just not equal. It's not even, and it it, it can scar somebody, somebody new to a group too. So yeah, I, I definitely get that. Like I didn't even think about that until you explained it. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Uh, some people might be saying like, you know, F her, like group therapy is great. And well, that's the thing, you, the people, it works for, yeah. yeah, if it works for you, that's awesome. Like, yeah. I, I'm so glad it works for you. Mm-hmm. But I am explaining the reasons why it doesn't work for me because the only fear I have is death. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the only, okay, here, here are the two most terrible things that can happen to you. You could wake up dead, and then when you wake up, someone's like, hey, how are you? And you're like, um, I don't know you. And they're like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I'm Greg. I work at the gate. And you're like, what gate? And they're like, yeah, the pearly gate. So let's check your, uh, you know, check your, um, Get your yeah, let's, 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 let's check your file see how good it's been and if you're gonna go through or go down right like that's the worst thing that can happen to you is to wake up dead my grandma used to say that I love like she just used to say wake up dead and it's so funny (laughs) and then the next worst thing is for someone to tell you you have cancer Mm. and then it's like oh what do I do um when I got when I got diagnosed, because now I mean literally today's his birthday, so like that doesn't really count. So twenty three months and six months, so like you know he was like 15, 16 months. That's hard. Mm-hmm. And so then when I'm waiting on test results or he does something super cute, like do you did you ever watch The Office? No. 
I'm the worst. Oh. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> I, I, I know um, I keep having that on my queue, but then I go back to like my, you know, like solid old ones. So I'll, I, I'll I get, I, I get it. I get it. It's hard to start watching something yeah, else. It's really good. There. I'll get there. But anyway, people out there are really, listening to it, go for it. <laughs> they, yeah. They'll know. So it's they'll really know. cute. Like they're getting married and you know, they're, uh, they're getting like marriage advice and they say, um, uh, they told us to take mental pictures all the time. Mm-hmm. Like not, not a real picture, a mental picture. And you do this and you know, like that's, you know, just like, that's going to warm your heart because you know, your husband is like taking a mental picture and wants to remember that forever. And like you take a mental picture and you guys can talk about that for life. And I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm having a, I'm having an okay day. And it's one day where I'm not like obsessing about cancer. And my son like learns a new word and says something adorable or just walks up to me and like hugs me. And I just, I'm bawling, crying. Like I'm literally no good. I'm no good to anyone. The only thing I can't not do is suck at my job so I don't get fired so I still have health insurance other than that I fake like earlier on I'm faking my way through everything every interaction every interaction I have I'm faking it so people aren't uncomfortable so people aren't scared so people don't leave me which ended up happening anyways but you know, like I'm just, I'm bawling, crying. I'm crying so hard. I'm throwing up. I'm, I'm just like, what, why, you know, I never asked why, but I'm just, I have asked a lot. What is this? What the fuck? Why? I worked out six days a week, not hard hitting workouts. I am not going to lie to you. I have never, run a day in my life I'm not running I'm not flipping tires (laughs) I'm not doing any of that but I'm walking I'm going before the pandy I'm going to the gym I'm talking six days a week when my son was born six days a week I'm in a stroller we're playing with him we're doing all these things Mm -hmm. like I'm keto so like I only my cheat day is Sunday like these things and the only thing I can think of is my bench drinking that may have caused it. But my oncol- many like oncologists, that. That's not true. many oncologists have said that no, no one no. can drink that much and no. not have liver cancer. So you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, um, yeah, it just, it just really, really sucks. And, um, it, it's very sad. And, you know, when you've got a kid, I don't, I don't know which is better to not have a kid and not have an additional, um, obligation and responsibility, you know, yeah. responsibilities mm-hmm. and work to do yeah, or to have a kid to look at, to know this is why you're going to live, to know that this is why this isn't going to take you out because you're not stronger than me. And you are not stronger than the love that I have for my son. So fuck you, cancer. And like, I got this. But there are days where it's unbearable to 
just try to figure out like what or why, you know, like there are days where like I will go through my life from 18 to now. So nearly 20 years and try to think of any and everyone I fucked over to try to atone, to try to like go through the steps of yeah. alcoholism, but then that's not going to change anything. Yeah. And my doctor, like my husband's like, you have to forgive yourself. And I'm like a high functioning anxiety ridden hypochondriac with OCD and a filthy mouth. Can't <laughs> do that. Yeah, it's it's incredibly hard. That's a hard. Oh, you froze. Oh no. Did oh. I freeze? Okay. Okay, you're good. Yeah, that's not how my brain works. I can't do that. Yeah. But he's like, Lauren, when you forgive yourself, you will have such better days. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I sit up and think about stuff that I know that no one else even remembers, mm-hmm. and. I don't know how much of that is related to cancer, but it's all in the TSD. It's all in the TSD. It is not post anymore. It is happening now. That's so hard to say. And like, I'm going to go along with what your husband's saying. Like, you can't focus on that stuff. I know so hard not to, and so hard not to dissect every single thing you've done in your past and could it have been related. I think you just got the shit out of a stick and you just got lucky and got breast cancer. Like you can't look back and be like, was it my drinking? Was it my anxiety? Was it me focusing on some things too hard? Or was it me being mean to somebody or whatever it is? Like the past is in the past. Like all you can do is just like focus on your future. And that's what you're, you're, you are doing you know, working, focusing on your son, your, your relationship and your other, you know, your, with your husband and with others. And, you know, it's, I just it's, it's really your, it's your wish. one life now, you know, it's, it's yeah, this is my second yeah, life. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I wish for everyone is I wish only one bad fucked up thing could happen to you. <laughs> and that's how you learn. That's how you grow. Absolutely. I really, really wish that only one bad thing could happen. And then you'd be able to like relax. And then like, you know, the sh- it, it would be, it would all roll down. Like you'd have less stress. You'd have less everything. You'd have less. <gasps> hey, yes. Bubba, you want to see the birthday boy? I want to yeah. see the birthday boy. Oh. Hi. Oh my gosh, he's adorable. Happy birthday. Say hi. 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 How old are you today? Two. Two? How many fingers is that? Two. Two. He can't hold the microphone. Can can you say podcast? Podcast, mama, podcast. That has to be a sound clip. Can you give her a thumbs up? Uh-uh. Well, that's guns. <laughs> okay, maybe we can do thumbs up with this one. Thumbs up? Yeah. Yeah. yeah thumbs up. Paper podcast. You're the star of the podcast. She sure is. is. I want to. You do something? Yeah. What? Did she ask you to say something? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Can you say it? 
Uh-huh. Okay. Well, say I love I'm you, mommy. The headphones back. Can you say bye bye? Bye bye. Bye bye. Nice to meet okay. you. I'll see you later because we're best friends now. Yeah. I see, see you later. You later. See you later. <laughs> oh wait. Say good evening. Go eat, daddy. <laughs> Go eat. Go easy, daddy. Can I have these back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Okay, she bye. said bye-bye. 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 Oh, my God. He's bye-bye. So cute. <gasps> Thank you. I, I want to oh, see, see like, everything show? he said first Yeah. Yeah. Let's see it. I'm digging. Yeah. You. Yay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so you can get that. I'm almost finished. We're almost done. Almost done. You want to get the slide, and we're almost finished. Mama water. Yeah, that's my water. I'll bring it out when I come out. Can you close the door, please? Oh my! Thank God. you. I He's love you. I'll see you in a minute. And you said his name is is Chuck. Chip. Chip. Sorry. Oh my God. Yeah. He's adorable. Like a little chocolate chip. Oh my God. He's adorable. He's got like a right. little his little right voice. Now. Oh my gosh. Right now. Bye bye. <laughs> oh, good evening. Good evening, Daddy. See, you're white because yeah. you're daddy. <laughs> that's what's so ridiculous. That's, that's, that's insane. He's he's so uh, smart though. Oh my god. That'll make you fight. Mm-hmm. That'll make you fight. Nope. Did you um did you do IVF? No. Um I was yeah. actually gonna ask you about the process, like what you thought of it. Um I my husband and I have been trying to have kids for probably about three years now. And, um, it just hasn't happened, but like I'm, I have some gynecological issues, so I don't think it's going to happen. So we have some friends that are doing IVF, like two sets of friends. I don't think we will. I don't know that I'm willing to pay 30 grand for a maybe. So if we adopt, great. We've talked about it. Maybe, maybe fostering. I don't know. So it'd be cool to see what we could make, but yeah. it's, it's not the end all be all for me. How was the experience for you with IVF? Um, uh, <laughs> I think if you do IVF after you have a kid, nothing can touch you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a lot of friends that have done IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, I do have a friend who got, uh, lymphoma, mm-hmm. uh, in her very early twenties. Wow. And she had to start chemo in two days. So she did not have, a, an option to do IVF, mm-hmm. but she did IVF after like a few years after like let it get out of your system all those things mm-hmm. and they did tell her her eggs were a little damaged okay they just said a little damaged they didn't say unusable or anything like that i will say my personal experience uh doing ibf uh first off i'm very thankful to live strong their assistance program is amazing yeah, yeah my friend nicole did that too amazing they already have like a preset price that they mm. have with certain clinics. Mm. They also will give you your drugs and they will give you three rounds mm. of drugs. Okay. Um, what I don't appreciate about IVF is how much it costs 
and what heartstrings you're pulling on. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate every doctor in every field, mm-hmm. but endocrinology is the only field that I've ever felt was like a used car salesman. Oh, really? Like the doctor. So it's oh, because, like, Oh, it's more. Uh, yeah. It's more like, yeah. Like, do you, do you want a baby? We're, we're yeah. going to get you a baby. We're going to get you and a baby today. Like, it's like, <laughs> a, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just really weird. And so, and I, you know, I, I tell this, I say this part often, like i bald crying when I left the office the first day because mm-hmm. I felt like a fraud because I have a baby. I have a baby in the car and they, there are these women that you're telling them that it's going to be $20,000 and it, and that is no matter what, no matter if you get five perfect Mm -hmm. embryos Mm -hmm. if you get zero follicles removed Mm -hmm. if you get pregnant or not if you have quintuplets if you've got if you miscarry god forbid this is what it costs you get zero money back and we will allow you to try as many times as you want to bruise tummy and i don't like that Mm -hmm. i think that it should be conditional I think that the price should be conditional on what you have going on Mm -hmm. and what you're doing. I have a baby. I, when they, when they, when we did the egg retrieval, which was the day before my first chemo, uh, they shoved so much into so little. Um, They got 29 eggs, which was a lot. Yeah. 29 eggs. And we ended up with three embryos that we could use. I never thought my husband was pissed that we only ended up with three, but I'm like, number one, we don't want four kids. So you need to do that math and think about <laughs> that. Like, what did you think? Maybe it was he wants be to build a twi- football team. I don't know. <laughs> 28 embryos. And yeah. do you have like, what is that? It's fifty thousand dollars a surrogate so that that's like right. two hundred and it's two million dollars i don't care if we had 28 embryos you were gonna do all of them you're insane mm-hmm. absolutely not three so <laughs> three is perfect mm-hmm. and um we have all boys we'll never have a no way unless- really yeah, they were all boys. Wow. But um, I the shots didn't bother me at all. They were cool. They were very, um, you know, like everyone in the office was so nice, so helpful. Half of them had had cancer, and wow. they went to work for this company because of yes. how they treated them wow. when they were going through fertility treatments. I love that. Um, so that says a lot about that company. Absolutely. Um, but I just don't like that insurance covers zero in South Carolina. And um, I really just don't like that no matter what you're paying and then you continue to pay. Mm-hmm. So your, your second mortgage, mortgaging your house, you're taking home equity lines of credit for these children. And then at the end of the day, 
every baby has a blowout. Every kid is going to throw up on you. My kid throws up on me mm, once a week because he gets super car sick. Or if he doesn't, if he doesn't like what he took a bite of and then he realizes it, he's like, oh, uh, uh-uh. and he'll be like, mommy. And I'm like, give it to me. Just, just, <laughs> just spit, it, spit out. it out. Here you go. <laughs> go ahead. And then the dog. Here you go. Here's your <laughs> so, Circle yeah. Life. I don't know. Uh, I really don't care for IVF. I don't care for the way that they do it. I don't care for the way that they... Um, they're there. Everyone's there because they already want a baby. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't put a sign on the street and people were like, Oh, I'm here to find out what, what that meant. Mm-hmm. Free babies. <laughs> like, no, Mm-mm. no, they're $25,000 babies. And by the way, um, you go and you do all the IVF. So like, if, let's say you were like a normal person and you don't have cancer and you go in and you have to pay for the drugs. They're $7,500 and you pay for that first. And then you do all your drugs and then they tell you when they're going to do the egg retrieval. Then you have to pay the anesthesiologist cash personally because she's 1099 and it's a separate business. So that's $425 cash. Then they egg retrieval you. And then um, you can choose whether or not to have genetic testing. If you do, it is per embryo. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, um, it's $500 for the first three years for storage. It's $800 a year after that up to 10, they won't keep embryos after 10 years, my doctor. And then when I want my embryos put back in me, it's $4,000 each. What the fuck? Oh my God. That's a nickel and dime right there. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I it's no a idea. wreck it. It's a record. Never ends. And do I need to be put under again to be inseminated? I'm not quite sure. So I just didn't appreciate that they like, not that we would have changed our mind. We, and they say not to say it like this. We wanted an insurance policy, but they say don't ever say it like that, which. I haven't really got clarity on why they say, don't say it like that. Um, but they don't have any data medically on African-American women who got stage two, HER2 positive breast cancer at 34, who still wanted to have children. So mm-hmm. they don't have any data on the Lupron or Zolodex shot that I'm on to put me in medical menopause. Mm. <laughs> That's right, guys. I have, I get to be in menopause twice in my life. Um, <laughs> You're so lucky. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Um, but honestly, I haven't. I will say the one awesome thing was the endocrinologist did recommend a progesterone supplement since I am not progesterone dependent or reactive with my breast cancer. Mm. Um, oh, I can take a good. progesterone supplement to kill hot flashes, mm-hmm. kill murderous thoughts against my husband. I was about husband. to say, that's like the, ha- the happy hormone for, yeah. 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 So like I take one of those every morning with a Xanax and I'm like, Ooh. it's all gravy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really, again, really lucky 
to have been diagnosed with the kind that I did. Um, but I'm glad I'm lucky. She told me about that. Um, but yeah, I really just don't, it's a necessary evil and they know that. And I just liken them to vet veterinarian offices and used car salesmen. Like you're there because you need a car Mm -hmm. and they are going to get you in a car today. Mm -hmm. And veterinarians are like, oh my God, your dog is sick. Needs an x-ray, needs an MRI, needs some blood work. Yeah, that that happened like last week. Do you want to be responsible (laughs) for when your dog prematurely exits? this earthly plane and if anyone had asked me that uh i would have taken a tick but my dog is like half blind well she's like 60 percent blind and half deaf and she's 16 when Damn. i was night when i was 19 i was not able to make sound decisions that my dog is gonna live to 20 this is weird so easy don't ask me those questions because I'll have some fucked up answers for you. And they're going to be like, no one has ever told me, like, just go ahead and keep her. <gasps> like, no one's ever said that. And I'll be like, okay, I'm the first again. I'm wow. the first again. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't think you should let a 19-year-old buy a dog. It's fucked up. Uh, Especially yeah. one that's used to living 20 years. Yeah, that's crazy. Ugh. Wow. I'm so over it. That that's so insensitive. You, lo- you love your dog. Your dog's been around. I love her. Not everybody. But she hates that. me. Oh, she she is a turncoat. She is only only Trey. Like even if I'm like, hey, I have a treat. She'll be like, we'll give it a Trey. What are you? <laughs> why are you even talking to me? Who are you? <laughs> Keep my name out your mouth. Keep my name out your mouth. Oh my god! I don't know. Um, well, I wanted to make sure there wasn't anything else you wanted to ask. You me. know, that's like the perfect segue because I was just about like I feel like we could talk forever. Uh, we. I know. Forever. I told you, best friends. I love it. And this is almost three hours. Yeah, you are officially my longest interview. I'm not mad at that. It's gonna be. You can great. cut so, whatever you want out. I, I probably repeat myself. No, so much. I. You know what? Like cutting up that takes a lot of work. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do some trimming. I do it all myself. So it's just like you know. If yeah. there's like a gross like deformity within it, like a, a crazy like something technologically that goes wrong or like some weird thing that happened in between, I'll cut it out. But if it's a good conversation and really nice and, and clean, I'll just trim the ends and call it good. So I might make it just one episode. I might make it two, but I don't know. Um, well, there is one more thing I do yeah. want to say. Good My point. journey has been so loop-de-loop. It's so mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So the genetic testing that I was bawling through, which mm-hmm. was half tears. I probably should get this done again because um, I don't know if you can genetically test tears, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a BRCA test mm-hmm. that first day because mm-hmm. they have to look at your BRCA to see mm-hmm. how to treat That's you. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well, also... Like they have to look at your BRCA to come up with a treatment plan. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are BRCA1, BRCA2, if you are prone for other diseases, they mm-hmm. need to like look at that more closely, monitor, put you on a plan to monitor you for this and that and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Thank God I was BRCA negative. Okay. I didn't know what that meant at the time. Okay. 
Um, but especially in the breasty, like breast community, breast cancer community, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of women are BRCA1 and BRCA2 positive. Um, and so a lot of women um, are getting um, like they're pre-vivers and they're getting like a, a, not elective, but preventative mastectomies. Oh, okay. So that they don't get breast cancer, but BRCA1 and BRCA2, the difference is one tells you whether you're more prone for breast cancer or you're more prone for like ovarian and like cervical cancer, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So then you've got people that are 29 to 39 who have to make a decision to have their ovaries removed, their radical hysterectomies, like things like that. And that's so sad. Mm-hmm. You like you already. I had to make so many decisions in one week. Mm-hmm. I had fifteen hours to decide if we were going to do IVF. Damn. And and even with that, I had to push back chemo one week mm-hmm. to even do one cycle that they shoved eight weeks into three and a half weeks. Because they, when you do eight weeks, it's so you do one whole cycle, they take them out, whatever, and and then they put them in. Mm -hmm. But we were able to shrink it because we were going straight to the freezer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you get your BRCA test. They tell you what you, they, you know, they test for like 96 to like 119 genetic, Mm -hmm. um, probabilities and probabilities, uh, mutations, things like that. And it tells you what you're prone for, which I think is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I didn't know the, the weight of it when, when I did it, I just listened to that doctor after she told me I might have brain cancer and, um, I did it and I was BRCA negative, which is thank God, which means my grandmother and I did not have the same breast cancer. Um, and then that also means that um, I'm not predisposed for any other cancers, um, any other like reproductive yeah. cancers. Wow. Um, and then also, you know, that's good for my son, right? So like, and future children, because you can find out you find you can find out so many things when you're testing for 119 things. You can find out a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really grateful that I got that. But I'd been asking to be BRCA tested for years, and my insurance company kicked me back. But it wouldn't have mattered because I was BRCA negative. Yeah. And it also wouldn't have mattered unless my grandmother, and I honestly think it was my grandmother who was just nagging, who was like, bitch, go get a mammogram Mm -hmm. because it's, and I, and I, I like that I describe it this way because it somewhat makes me feel better, but Mm -hmm. that there was just glitter in my, in my milk duct. That was just waiting to grow as a large cancerous tumor. So, um, yeah, so I had, you know, you have the MRI after you're finished with your six chemo. I rang the bell on 121. And um, 
I had a complete response to chemo. So there's literally there, there's no calcifications. There was a, uh, dark and ominous, uh, mass ish in my left breast, um, that they biopsied and it was benign. Um, but that's completely gone as well, Hmm. which is very weird. That is weird. Really weird. Um, gone out of my lymph nodes. My gosh. So I might only have to have one lymph node removed Mm -hmm. and you know, we're two days out. So, you know, for the last two weeks I've been up and down. Mm -hmm. It's really scary, um, to know you're going to have like a double mastectomy Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to that, I just say, I'm sorry. People say that you have you know, you have the easy cancer, Mm -hmm. but I will say that, and I'll say this forever. I really think that, um, breast cancer is like the most dewomanizing and, uh, desexualizing and uh, dehumanizing cancer. Um, uh, you know, you're pumped full of steroids. So you've got a round face, you know, everyone looks very similar. You're, you're tired and you're stressed and you're, you're scared. So you've got black rings under your eyes. Everybody's wearing a beanie or a scarf or a, you know, a a cancer beanie is what I call them. I hate those other beanies. (laughs) Um, uh, you've got some people who prefer to go flat after their mastectomy. You've got some people waiting for reconstruction. You've got some people where their reconstruction went poorly and they're on, I, um, antibiotic IV drips for months. And that has to clear before you can even put anything else in there. You know, you lose your hair unless you do this crazy dry ice thing, which is so expensive. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is so expensive. It was going to be like five. It's almost a thousand dollars a month. They charge you by the week. Oh, wow. And um, it was it was going to be like five thousand dollars for me. And I was like, shave, I shaved my head the next day. Once wow. you tell me $5,000, unless you're giving it to me, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. No. And having a shaved head has been pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's been pretty cool. It's, it's the one thing my husband thought. He was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to, like, fucking coach you through this. And yeah. oh, that's, wow. uh, that's the one that thing I haven't like, kept. Check easy. But we're in a <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Where do you go? I can't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. I'm immune compromised. Yeah. Immunocompromised, whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't talk, right? I don't <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's that's the only thing I did want to mm-hmm. say is um don't put all your eggs in one basket with the BRCA. Mm-hmm. definitely, definitely, definitely call your insurance company, let them know, or, you know, talk to your doctor, mm-hmm. let them know your family history, press, press, press to get an ultrasound or a 3d mammogram because, you know, I'm BRCA negative and currently had stage two cancer. Mm-hmm. So don't just rely on one thing. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's going to suck you know, if you're BRCA1 or BRCA2, but just think about uh, that you're able to take that control in your own hands versus having to go through chemo, uh, you know, five months of chemo, and then them telling you how much of your breasts you get to keep, or if you get to keep your nipples or areolas or anything like 
you know, I, I, uh, I always wanted like an elective mastectomy. Uh, I always wanted one because I never wanted to go through what my grandma went through. She started chemo and she was just so old. She couldn't handle it. So they had to just go ahead and give her radiation and twice as much as normal. So she had to go through almost 50 rounds and then she had a lumpectomy, but she never had any other problems like God bless. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she was just so old, you know, she was in her sixties and, uh, but she was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm never going back. And I hear that a lot. Uh, You know, chemo just affects people so differently. Um, But yeah, you know, everything is scary. Mammograms are scary. The BRCA is going to be scary to get your results. All I can say is have them write you a prescription for like just five Xanax, like 5.5 Xanax. Go get five mini bottles after you're done with work. Take one with each. You'll be cool. Um, (laughs) You'll be real cool. Actually, everyone around you is going to love you. (laughs) They're going to love you. And, um, go with a friend. Um, I'm in South Carolina. I'll go to a mammogram with anyone. I'll go, I'll go with anyone. I promise I will. It's, it's, it's scary the first time and it doesn't hurt. So don't worry, but, um, you got to get out there and do it because you don't want to have to start your second life so early. That's it. I think that's a really cool sign. Oh my God. Oh my God. Seriously. I was just about to say, and that's it. Like, I appreciate your honesty, your vulnerability, and like how, like, it's just valuable advice that you just, the whole, the whole way through, but this ending was perfect. That what you have to say is for anybody out there that's listening, like this, like this is the honest truth that you're getting from somebody who, who's going through it, who's gone through it is just if, if you have anybody in your life that's also going through it, like you can, you can look to somebody for advice. You can look to Lauren for advice and you know, oh my God, to yes. support you. DM me. So DM yeah. How can we find you? That's a really great yeah. question. Yeah. So, uh, well, first off, I really need more Instagram followers for my podcast. <laughs> like the numbers, like the download numbers are great, it's but it's really great. Yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, but, but it just like doesn't translate, but mm-hmm. I think it's funny. Like mm-hmm. my husband hates social media, but loves a podcast. So I, yeah, I have true. to like mentally go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the podcast is life with little ones dot podcast on Instagram. And then my account is type a guide to cancer because I'm super type a super OCD, high functioning, anxiety ridden, whatever. Um, don't be scared to reach out. Um, even if you're a caretaker, I'll just ask Trey, um, because he's my caretaker. Um, my mom has tried, but she's not gentle enough. So, um, she can't be my caretaker. Um, but yeah, man, like if you've got someone, I mean, there's a lot of groups for caretakers though, for real though. Um, and, and I will say it is hard to be a caretaker. So bless you. Oh my God. It really, really is. It really, really is hard to be a caretaker because you're there Mm-hmm. And even though I have been the one where a lot of people take a lot of stuff out on because I I do get so close to my friends, mm-hmm. I know that I have taken things out on Trey just because he's there. Mm-hmm. So just know that they really don't mean it. 
and just like let it roll off your back and steal one of their Xanaxes. Like, don't take their pain pills because that's rude. They need that. But they don't need all the Xanax. They don't need all the Xanax. Take one of those little mini bottles, take one of those little Xanax, mm-hmm. and you'll be like, you know what? I'm going to let you cuss me out today, but not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. So, um, yeah. yes, my uh, Instagram handle is type a guide to cancer, uh, follow me. I try to be like really funny. I really don't talk about like sad cancer stuff because I'm, I'm kind of on the up and up. Like I ring that bell and you know, I haven't shit my pants in like a in like two months. That's fantastic. So <laughs> like I haven't had like chemo, that's, the that's chemo runs shit. in like that's two great. months. Yeah. The only thing I had was like runs and, um, nosebleed. Oh, okay. I my nose was bleeding for three months and it just stopped. I mean, I'm about to buy a cake just for that. So, That's but funny. yeah, the the symptoms are different for everyone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, reach out. I will definitely respond. I don't care what time it is. I rarely sleep anyway. Plus, I'll just be like um really annoying Jessica so um (laughs) just save her and DM me totally cool oh my gosh I really appreciate you coming on here and being so open and honest this was such a fun let me look hour and a half ish oh my gosh no two and a half half. half. yeah I can't do math I'm terrible at math you're gonna have to like you really are gonna have to like cut probably just split it up a little bit I sound I, I probably sound pretty stupid on like some of it no you don't you're fine. You're great. Shut up. You're fine. Did I not tell you how amazing this episode was going to be? I know it was two hours long, but it was totally worth the listen. No joke. I listened to it all over again and I was cracking up. Thank you again, Lauren, for joining me and sharing your story. You were truly a treat to have on and I cannot wait to chat more with you. I know we text already anyway, but I can't wait to have you on again. We can chat some more. Guys, please check her out. Check her podcast out. It's blended underscore kids or type a guide to cancer. Those are her handles on Instagram. Um, I'm going to also include the links below in the episode notes. Thank you guys for listening so much. I am just still constantly blown away by this community and everybody who, who listens to this podcast. But I'm just going to let you guys know, once again, I am switching over to an every two-week episode uh, situation. Just due to time constraints for myself, I want to be able to truly give each person that I interview the time to be able to edit their episodes the best I can, as well as promote them. Also, I am having a little bit of a switch from Monday releases. I'm going to switch over to Thursday releases. I had a weird schedule change for work. So be on the lookout for new episodes coming every other Thursday. Guys, you're the best. Thank you so much for joining me on my Cancer Story podcast. Stay tuned for your next episode.